right, and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith, here with my buddy Chuck. John is missing. Uh, he had to go on a little family, uh, they had some family issue. John is fine, but uh, he couldn't make it. So Chuck and I, alone in a dimly lit baby dungeon with a sleeping Julie, Julie Andrews. Jules Verne. Uh, in the corner, swinging back and forth, hoping she stays quiet. She won't. No, no. Chuck, how's your daughter? She's good. That's nice. Yeah. yeah if you missed good. last week's episode, Chuck now has a daughter. Found out. Who week. can drive. Not yet. Oh, not yet. She, no. Are the law still, is it still 16, 15? She's got to be 16. But I think she has her permit. Do you have to have a job or anything? Um, that's the future I want to see. Oh, that's. I'm just kidding. That's elitist. Yeah. Yeah. You, you got you, you to get a, a 900 on your SAT. Uh, I'm kidding. Gosh. You probably think you have to own land, too. Want to vote. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. Things are going well in daddy land. You get parachuted into teenage adulthood. Yeah. She's a young woman. I like your take. You haven't made any mistakes yet. I, well, have you now? It's been a week. Again, so. if you haven't heard last week's episode, a lot of big revelations. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing, uh, but it seems like it's going well. <laughs> I'm asking every woman I know for all of the information they can give me. That's can't backfire. No. It's kind of like Although I remember like only I remember when getting married and everyone just volunteers information and mm. it's all crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah, be sure you guys eat a steak dinner together every Thursday. It's what helped me and I yeah. yeah. Never go to bed angry. What are you kidding? Come on, that's where the fire starts. Right? Got it. And you got to be angry for the anger sex. Yeah. And I don't want to. It's the like, only worthwhile marriage sex. I want to watch Netflix angry. I mean, I don't want to be all calm. Relax. You want to have you want to have your heart racing before mine hunter starts. Right. 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 <laughs> don't 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 trust advice. That's yeah. uh that's our advice. For you, you also just disregard. <laughs> Chuck, did you have breakfast? Yeah, I went to Tower Deli right around the corner from my house. Had a uh, bacon, ham, egg, and cheese on a roll. And it was incredible. Sounds good. Then that cheese just melts. It's that American cheese gooey gooey. And you put it in the sandwich and they wrap it in uh, aluminum foil. And by the time you get home with it, oh, yeah, it's, it's just become this just, it's all one molecule. It's a sexy, sexy thing. Got to wrap that. Let let it keep. It keeps growing. It, it keeps forming. Well, it has a you know a drop off point. You know. Yeah. It, there are diminishing returns after a while, but you can get it in this sweet spot. Speaking of diminishing returns, I had some leftover pie five. Oof. Pie five, if you know, is the subway of pizzas. It's the money laundering scheme of a large scale oven manufacturer, according yeah. to John Burr. No, I I agree with that too. There's no again the reason I go to pie five, which I've said before. There's never a line. Mm-hmm. There's no one there. Yeah, and and my kid will eat it. The three year old will eat it. So it's like, oh, I'm hungry. I need something. Uh, that place will give me a, a seven dollar pizza, and I can just load it up with olives. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is fine. Crushed red pepper. Who cares? Okay. I, I'll eat. I'll eat anything. <laughs> uh, and and so it's it's barbaric. A, it's cheap. <laughs> fixed price. Uh, great. So the, the other day, well, yesterday, I could go in and uh, um, I'm very hungry. And I was actually thinking, like, is this one seven dollar kind of gross pizza going to get it done? And uh, <laughs> and and like, there's like a kid might be 14 years old working the the front of the line, front of the house, 14 year old. F O H. He goes, uh, hey, do you want to do do you want do you want an extra big or something? He says, yeah. He offered me something that that wasn't on the menu. He's like, you want a large one? 
I'm like, uh, yeah, I'll take a large one. Uh, and and, uh, and so so I'm, make, I'm making my, my cheap gross pizza. <laughs> and, you know, it, when, I, when I pay for it, uh, it was like, all right, yeah, you got a kid's pizza and, and, a, and a large pizza. Uh, it's, it's like $31. And I was like, I'm sorry. How much was the large pizza? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, like, uh, like yeah, it's uh, it's it's sixteen ninety nine, and I'm like, whoa, uh, I would never have gotten your large gross pizza <laughs> for seven. I was like seventeen dollars. That's my, a good pizza. In from my like head, I'm thinking jets. We're not even jets. I'm like in my head, I'm thinking that's a legitimate pizza price from right. a legitimate place. Right. Like I could go to like like a. A nice pizza right. restaurant, this not even is, a chain restaurant. This is the automated car wash of pizza places. I was like, how do we go from a from a, a ten inch is seven dollars and a twelve inch is sixteen? Right. And and the cashier was like, oh, I agree. It's very expensive. <laughs> I'm like, I was like, how many hours do you have to work to buy? Anyway, no, I didn't say that. Uh, and and uh, and I was like, I was like, like it's not even on your menu. Shouldn't you have it on your menu if you're offering a sixteen dollar pizza? Uh, which is just marginally bigger than the other uh, $7 pizzas. Uh, and she's like, yeah, it's weird. It's not on the menu. And I was like, well, I mean, I wouldn't have gotten it. Is there anything you can do here? I'm thinking I'd be happy just to pay the regular pizza price or right. you know, like, like a discount, something. And then she goes, oh, yeah, it's way too expensive. Uh, don't worry about it. So she actually refunded me the entire pizza for free. And, and because, Chuck, the last time you and I did a podcast together alone uh-huh. was, was the, the tire patching story. Yeah. I don't feel like I did anything wrong here. The battery. Did I do anything wrong here, Chuck? Um, I just mentioned that's very expensive. I would not have gotten that. So did you pay for it? I said, can you do anything about it? And she said, yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, Like, she didn't charge me for the pizza at all. What? Yeah. Okay. So I don't... It's low-key hustle. Game is strong. You just hustle. People. I honestly she thought she didn't want to. She didn't want to mess with you. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I thought in her again. She's working at Pi Five. She was like, "Yeah, that's way too much to pay right. for a piece of pizza." Right. Uh, and so she gave it to me for free. I didn't feel like I did anything wrong here. I just want to make sure the the, the tire patch story was was controversial. Uh, people thought I was maybe maybe overstepped the bounds. Yeah. I mean, you know, there are pizza hacks. You know, if you get two medium Domino's pizzas, yeah. It's the same as uh, it's bigger than one large and it's the same price. Is it? Yeah. Well, that's all the. Uh, how about is this a pizza hack? Have you been watching the during the NBA playoffs? They have had the Domino's ins- pizza insurance. No. Oh, yes, I did see that. Oh, my God. What is that? Do you have to add it on like a rental car? Uh, what? When you order your pizza, you're like, would you like to add insurance? Oh. Or is it just included in the price of the pizza, the pizza insurance? I mean, I'd, I'd assume. That's a that's dumb insurance. That's like well, if you have to add on, all insurance is usually dumb insurance. Yeah, you know, it's all uh, you know, like blackjack insurance. It's kind of dumb, right? Unless you're counting cards. But these people aren't counting cards; they're making pizzas. What the what are they doing? Well, I thought it, uh, someone Get maybe with a few less scruples that feels like a loophole you could abuse. Right. Do you think they keep track of your credit card? Like this guy's already cashed in uh, two insurances in a twelve right. month period. Yeah, I bet that's in the fine print. Right. You can only you can only have uh, two, and those guys are out the door before they you know they can't open that box when it leaves the 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 pizza place. I don't understand. So they can't check to see if it's good when they leave. They can only assume when they get in the house that that person isn't shaking the box like a uh, you know maraca to get their free pizza because that's the move. I mean, you, you get it delivered as soon as it gets there. You shake it up. You take the pig. It's like, hey, this is garbage. 
Then you get your free pizza and you can just eat some like what you know, if, messy pizza. What could you do the dog ate it excuse? I think the move would be to grab all the toppings, shove them in your mouth, mm. take like five or six bites, curl it up, and then be like, oh, my dog got into it in the car. Ooh. And then you get more food. I'm, I'm just trying to get more free food. Is it delivery is insurance or takeout no, it, it is. The commercial is explicit. It is once you buy that pizza until you get it to your house and eat it. This oh. is like an ice cream cone falling on the ground phenomenon oh, they're trying silly. to protect us from. This is, silly. is this an issue I didn't even that has ever existed? The, the concept. Yeah, it's so dumb. I couldn't wrap my head around what it actually was. Yeah, I it's, think they've won by having us talk about it. Uh, too long, but it is kind of phenomenon, though. Yeah, we should. It's weird. Capitalism is weird. It's the worst. <laughs> anyway, those are our breakfast. After our breakfast, we move to our breakfast in bed apologies. This is our chance to make right what we might have gotten wrong in any previous episode. Chuck, you have anything you need to apologize for? Man, I didn't believe. I was kind of, I was just, I wasn't on the, on the boat. I thought he was good, but I, I, I doubted Donovan Mitchell. I he's did. So good. He's so good. He's got a maturity about his game. It's kind of incredible for a rookie. Um, reminds me of Dwayne Wade with a serviceable three. He's explosive. Get to rim pretty much whenever he wants. That putback slam. I don't understand how he can. He seems like he can get that extended right-handed layup almost anytime he wants, right. especially against the Thunder. Anytime someone switched onto him that wasn't Paul George, mm-hmm. it was as if I was playing basketball against a child. Right. And it's like, I'm going to drive to the basket and shoot a layup. And he successfully hits that layup every single time. But you also, you, uh, you predicted them to lose in a tight series against the Thunder. Right. So now you're just feeling bad. I yeah, and you know, it's he beat a better what who I thought was a better player, which makes me think he's on par with Russell Westbrook this early in his career. You can't when you defeat Russell Westbrook in the first round of the playoffs, and it was him. He he dropped thirty eight in a closeout game, and, and uh, told OKC see you next year when he left there. It's amazing with a little bit of swagger. He's 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 got a, a good mix of uh, awareness too, which I like. I was trying to think what would I sacrifice now to have Donovan Mitchell on my team? Like yeah. how many how many years of the Grizzlies grit and grind right. playoff run would I give up for having Donovan Mitchell on my team right now? I give all, like every Heat player that I love right now. He's so White good. Side. Richardson. Why are we talking? James Johnson. I don't feel like enough Take people home. are talking about the Jazz's future. I mean, if, if he's legit. Everyone's talking about the Sixers' future, Chuck. And he just won a. He just stole a home court from James Harden, who's a MVP. So that and that 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 could be my apology. In our Stone Cold Locks playoff pick'em uh, with our Patreon supporters, in my predictions, I uh, I locked, which is I, I risked my points to pick the Rockets sweeping the Jazz. I thought right. with Rubio being hurt. They just run them off the court. They, they could not put the offense together. Mm. I underestimated the second-round foibles of the Rockets, even though I'd been leaning on them all year. Right. Like, I'd been expecting it all year. Like, well, oh, does, uh, <laughs> does Mike D'Antoni, is he known for not really adjusting? Is this uh, the reason why you hadn't watched any Rockets games all season? It is <laughs> understandable. If you remember, I don't watch the Rockets play basketball. <laughs> all my knowledge is I think, secondhand. I think you were just preparing for this. 
I just second like but, I assume I assumed they they would still I thought they were off the court with the, I didn't think right. that the Jazz could muster the offense. I, I still think the Rockets will win. Sure, but it's cool. You know, he he went in and he took a game in in Houston, which is a hard place to play. If if the Jazz win this series against the Rockets, which we don't expect, mm-hmm. that has to be one of the bigger I mean, playoff series upsets. It has to at least enter the conversation among those like. Uh, I don't even know what the what the Vegas line was. I assume it was something like plus nine hundred, uh, so like a series price right. if you want to take the Jazz. I couldn't get over it. that that game. The game two that happened on Wednesday night, the Donovan Mitchell putback dunk. The yeah. the Jazz made every adjustment they needed to. They ripped the Rockets apart by getting big guys rolling to the rim. They threw so many alley-oops. They would not guard. The Rockets would not guard Joe Ingles. Joe Ingles just... All you have to do is guard him. Joe Ablo Ingles. Like, just guard him. It's not hard. Just stand just don't leave next him. to him. Right next to him. He's not fast. This is like this... Uh, I'm going to tell you this because it's John's not language. here. <laughs> the only sport I still play is Ultimate Frisbee. And yeah. I mainly play a spinoff of Ultimate Frisbee called Goltimate because I'm slow. I'm an old man now. I can't do much. But I'm probably good at this game, Goltimate. The trick, however, that none of my opponents learn, all you have to do is guard me. Yeah. Put someone younger than me on me. I'm not going to run. Yeah. But they just like lay off like old man. And I'm like, I, I, just, I can catch and throw, I score. That's Joe that. Ingles. You just got to put somebody on him. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm underselling Joe Ingles, despite the fact he, he looks like a biology he's an teacher. Ass- he's an assassin. He he does he looks like he belongs in him, Lock Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Him, Kyle Corver, JJ Reddick, almost the entirety of the playoffs if they shoot the ball. I'm like, oh you know, you know, sometimes you're like, that's just gonna go in and you're surprised yeah. when it doesn't. Well, I mean, Joe Ingles also his shooting percentage this season hasn't been that good when he's covered. He isn't right. a guy where you're like, he can take a pull up jumper in a guy's face. Mm-hmm. He just takes us takes it and makes us open threes. That's right. his elite skill. Right. It kills. It's hilarious that the uh, much like the Thunder had trouble finding him uh, in the games they lost. The Rockets just, you know, they they were running simple stuff. They got any penetration, they all collapsed. And, and Donovan Mitchell kicked it out to the three. There was the one big play the fourth quarter. You know, Mitchell throws it to him, just starts walking on right the other end of the court. Yeah. So but yeah, it, it talks about like Mitchell's, you know, the attention he gets from the defense that he can have an eleven an eleven assist game, seventeen points. And be in control basically the entirety of the game from the first uh, quarter on. And sp- speaking of Mitchell, like you did, you know, saying like you underestimated him, he now is w- like he has two hundred points mm-hmm. through through eight playoff games, which Same. is uh, only trailing uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as rookies who've done that in the playoffs. Insane. He keeps setting all these rookie scoring records. Uh, I've like waffled again. Where at the end of the year, I'd like resign myself that yes, guys, Ben Simmons is the better NBA player. I'm now back on the boat where I'm like, maybe he's not. I don't I mean, know. Like, you know, I mean, insane. Ben Simmons did not look great. And like, I mean, I don't judge him just on the game one against the Celtics, but what Donovan Mitchell doing is crazy. What the Jazz are doing is crazy. And I didn't finish the thought earlier. Everyone is excited about the Sixers' future, rightly, but look at the Jazz. You know, you have Gobert, who's 25, and Donovan Mitchell, who's 21. Right. Compared to the Sixers, where Embiid's 24 and Simmons is 21. Mm-hmm. So the Jazz have a young core as well. Right. Derek Favors is 26. He, right. he, he's a young guy. Dante Exum is suddenly looking pretty good. On defense, insane. He, he's 22. And this Jazz team has now made the second round of the playoffs in the Western Conference in consecutive seasons. That is a phenomenal achievement for a franchise period. Right. And then you throw in, they lost Gordon Hayward 
last year. Yeah. The only teams that have made the, the second round in consecutive seasons in the Western Conference in the last five years are the Warriors and the Spurs. The Clippers did it a while ago. Like, this is a thing. Like, the Rockets haven't right. done it. No other Western Conference team has made the second round. Everyone talks about the Western Conference as this extreme gauntlet. It's like the best conference. That Quinn Snyder and the Jazz have done this. It blows my mind. Yeah. They should be so excited. Like Their future is, yeah. Future is so really bright. Good. Again, Sixers' future is bright. But what the Jazz have done to me right now is way more impressive right. Than this young, and the process interest team. They, they built it from the ground up. It was like, a, you know, they could have panicked after they lost Gordon. I want to say Gordon. more than one NBA writer probably advised them to blow it up right. when Gordon Hayward chose uh, to go to the Celtics. Right. But they, it, they did it. So, yeah, good on you. Even if you don't, you know, win out this series, the, the, the Jazz, man, they get the respect. Maybe they'll get, maybe they'll get, maybe Paul George will find a way there. Although Paul George is kind of, playoff P is tainted. I don't know. That playoff pee has an asparagus it's, it smell. It smells like he, it's got. He should eat some fruit. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah. Whew, I mean, that might to. be. Uh, we might look at that in the eye shop later. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> playoff Paul George. Wow. Anyway, those were our apologies. After our apologies, before we move to our steak and eggs, we have a few listener submitted questions from our Patreon supporters. The Croissant Questionnaire. Any questions? Are you going to finish that croissant? Knock yourself out. Ball from Grace asks, has Brad Stevens officially unseated Pop as the NBA's best coach? What say you, Chuck? I mean, why? I mean, what, what, has, he, what has he done? What has he done, Chuck? Yeah. Does he, have, does he have multiple championships? He does not. Okay. And we talk about that when that happens, when he gets a championship. When he gets a championship, I think it's fair. I mean, I'm not trying to be a jerk. He He's a great strategist. He he gets incredible amounts of uh, production out of his entire team, which is a, a Popovichian move. But, um, yeah. You know, the, the, the Spurs situation looks a little differently. From the perspective of uh, what's going on now that you know about the like the personal stuff that's been happening, you know, and maybe that's part of uh, Kawhi's calculus that he didn't he wasn't sure that Pop will be there next year, you know, and why would he want to come back and risk hurting himself if his value can be uh, kept? It's 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 silly, but it, he is a robot. He's uh, <laughs> literally a cyborg human uh, built with a, a program code. I think the the question, I think it's a worthwhile question to consider it now in specific contexts. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to point out, as you did in your own way, that Brad Stevens has done in the grand scheme of scene, in the grand scheme of things, in the Amin El Hassan, they're all going to lose in the playoffs. Right. Uh, he hasn't won mm-hmm. anything. What he's doing with this roster, with this roster that does not have Gordon Hayward or Kyrie Irving, which was missing Jalen Brown right. in their last two games, it is pretty incredible. Yeah. It's incredible to the point, um, one, I kind of trust Brad Stevens to be able to make a game plan and a lineup work, no matter who's available to him. And two... I would not accept any players they offered me in a trade because I assume they would not work <laughs> unless they had uh, right. Brad Stevens' puppeteer hand yeah. uh, up their backside. Uh, yeah, move. I, it, it's like a, Terry Rozier. I mean, what in the world? 
But is he that good if he goes somewhere else? I mean, he's, he's, he's like an all, he looks like an all star out there. He does look incredible. I mean, somebody He's uh, like Mike Conley without health issues. <laughs> it is very similar. Aaron stuff. Baines out there like Mark Gasol with heart. Mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. This is so <laughs> the reflection of your dark and tortured soul. Yeah. This podcast is just, is just our id. I'm just, no, the, what Brad Stevens has done is amazing. That game seven against the Bucks. Yeah. What's well, like Shane Larkin and, I mean, and he's the Bucks and a young uh, Philly team well, that hasn't been play, there. It's a playoff series with pretty we, much nobody's. The Bucks were stinking up the joint before they went into that. Everybody thought the, the Celtics were going to destroy them in four or five or six. If you told me last year, if you told me in the off season that a team like with a closing lineup uh, featuring Aaron Baines, Shane Larkin, and Simi Ojale hmm. would win a playoff series? That's crazy talk. Simi Ojale's dope, though. He's pretty cool. It's a really great name. Just like, man, it's a great sounding name. I still get confused sometimes in my brain about him and Gershon Yebisele. These are great. They're just, they, they're, they're great. They are fluffy names. They're fun to say. They're fun to say. They have cool, they have cool vowels. All right. Uh, our next question from Teximista. He asks, if your life depended on it, if your life depended on finishing one, which would you choose? A marathon, 42.8 kilometers. Thank you, our Austrian listener. Ew, or a regular triathlon, 1.5 kilometer swimming, 40 kilometer bike ride, and 10 kilometer running. I mean, lay down and die as an option. Like whatever, if I if your life depended on which would you choose? I mean, I don't have to run it. That's my take. So I'll just do the marathon. I'd take. Seven. I mean, if my life I, depended d- on it, see, see, there's a stipulation on my finishing time. Exactly. That's do my I have question. To train as well. for this. That's my question as well. Or do I just have to do that distance in whatever manner I see fit? If my life depended on me walking 26 miles right now, yeah, yeah I'd do it. Done. I mean, yeah, that's no problem. Yeah. Would yeah, it be fun? No. Yeah. Do I, Would I get blisters? Yes. I'd get blisters just walking. Would my plantar fasciitis flare up? Of course. But, so if I have to finish in a, an amount of time and I have to train and I got to get in, in the, the thing for it, I think I'm going to do the triathlon because I hate running. Yeah, I hate so running. I hate swimming less, and it might be a little less off my feet. Yeah, and you can, pain. you know, and like it's a, ch- I'm very ADD. I don't think I could ever do a marathon because my brain wouldn't be able to do that pace for that long. Just nothing. You got to put this podcast on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it would just be DMX. That yeah. would be my marathon playlist. <laughs> All of DMX's like albums on repeat and I, his Christmas song. If my life depended on it, I think I would do a marathon. I'd be worried the swimming would wear me out too bad. But if the train, like if there's all that training, if it's just finish, obviously it's a marathon. Just get right. it over with. Let's do that today. But if we got to like an hour, if you have to finish an X time, you know. Yeah. The, not that, like that in a world requires world, an amount of training. Yeah, yeah. Like not like a world record time, but in like the median of finishers of those races, I would have to suffer. That's fair. All right. Last question. Mike asks, what is the point of having replay review if you can't use it on a clear cut goaltending or shot clock violation, call or no call that might decide a game. I think they've handled it in Indiana, in Indianapolis, perfectly. The what mayor uh, issued a decree <laughs> outlawing goaltending. Good. It's the way you do it. We got to start legislatively. You can't, uh, you know, you can't start from the playbooks. You, it's got to come from Capitol Hill. 
You know, change starts is, starts with you, and um, large scale um, shows of stupidity by politicians using basketball. I think the if we're not going to depend on the government to save us, I think the, the problem. I mean, the reason it isn't a rule already yeah. is you have to envision different scenarios where it would not work. Like in these examples, it was kind of like, you know, LeBron James blocks this shot. They get the rebound immediately, call timeout, um, which I think is what happened. Um, and then he hit the yeah. game-winning shot. Right. Like if, if there's a continuation, if they block the shot, there's no call. It's a fast break. You go down there and dunk. Then you inbound it. Like, then do you stop right. and say, no, actually, none of that ever happened. We have to go back and add that. Right. And then you're like, all right, well, we add that bucket, but then do we keep the bucket that followed after it, or do we start over? Right. So it gets confusing. Same thing with a shot clock. Like If there's a, a missed shot clock violation and the defense gets the ball and they go down and score... Like people are like, that's good. That worked out fine. It's just being able to stop the game anytime there might be a questionable call would would ruin the game, and it would also have. There's always right. unintended consequences. Right. The examples we saw in recent playoff games, it did give you the feeling of like, well, why can't we fix this? Like that ball was clearly off of of uh, the going back to the Pacers Cavs. Like Thad Young knocked the ball out of bounds, and they gave it to the the Cavs. You know, maybe there could be a guy in Secaucus who, if you see something immediately while there's a dead ball could buzz in and be like, we got to change this. Like that's could be an option, but yeah. I kind of feel like, I think it, it the, the smart move is more technology, baby. More you technology. Just, what just, way? The smart balls. I kind of think less technology, smart balls, smart balls, smart balls, trademark. Just do it. The ball, when the ball hits that line, how come a computer does not know the ball hit the line? The, we can have smart balls. They have that. Don't they have in tennis? Don't they have that in tennis? They should have it in every. Do we need sport. radars. This is an idea that I've had for years. Why you, doesn't when the football cross, cross the goal it, line? Immediate. Why uh, isn't there an immediate sensor knowing it crossed the it goal should, line? And, right. The same with uh, they can have impact sensors on these balls. It could tell when it hits the glass. It could tell when it gets hit by a player, and you can uh, stop the play right there because you'll know it's a goal. Why tennis. don't we have it yet, Chuck? Gambling is it gambling's fault? Hmm. Hmm. Might be gambling's fault. All right, well, those are good questions. Thank you to our Patreon supporters who submitted those. If you would like to submit your own question, the only way you can do that is by becoming a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash breakfast. You can support us there. You can join the very popular $3 a month Slack chat to talk basketball and movies around the clock with us, with John having to travel for a family emergency. Hey, I guarantee you he will be in the Slack chat today right. just talking about whatever. So uh, if you want to get, get a hold of us more, get more content, support the show, and get access to the bonus content we put at patreon.com, you can do all that by going to patreon.com slash breakfast. All right, steak and eggs, best thing, Chuck. What you got? Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> you got blood so Did he get blood so much he died? Um, it's a red wedding. He got murdered. The internet destroyed him. And it's great. And the Celtics fans. It makes me sad that like something's wrong with them. <sighs> no. No? It's, no. He's, you know, he's, he brought it upon himself. It's kind of like that. He was just super emo. And, what was that tweet he had? I don't want to be here. Oh, the I don't want to be here tweet. Oh, my God. I've thrown out a few times. <laughs> I threw that out when uh, Budenholzer decided he didn't want to, the, the son's coaching job. 
It's a funny tweet. But it's like, I don't want to be here. It's it's just this like, yeah, bro, you gotta do your job. And he didn't do it there. And now it, it shows like he don't have that uh, character, the fortitude it takes to to come through in, in big moments. Him yeah. getting so thoroughly owned by Terry Rozier. And it's not, it wasn't Ben Simmons. It wasn't, you know, and I love Terry Rozier. He got owned by... Technically a backup. By, by his definition. He got owned team. by a backup. His, yeah, a number two. Yeah. And he's supposed to be the dude. And he, I mean, him saying, I don't know the guy's name, which was the famous oh thing he did. And then just getting owned. And then, I loved this. Some people thought it was too late. But Terry Rozier showing up to... Uh, the Sixers game, um, wearing a Drew Bledsoe, a Drew Bledsoe jersey. Because oh earlier Terry Rozier, and I don't know if we worked that out where he called him Drew Bledsoe. Which right. Maybe I don't know if that was on purpose. It wasn't on purpose. <laughs> Probably sure. on purpose. I think on purpose. But uh, it was so good. Poor, poor Eric Bledsoe. Although I heard Chris Vernon talking on his uh, his radio show. That's his proof of tanking being bad for you. Mm-hmm. He thinks uh, he thinks Eric Bledsoe got infected by losing in Phoenix. Yeah, and he lost that fire. The man was incredible on the Clippers. When you when you learn that uh, losing is inevitable for so many years, and what? you just don't care about the the comeback. Yeah, you know that's not part of your life because you're like, well, we're gonna get that pick. Well, speaking of one of the men who victimized Eric Bledsoe, mm-hmm. my best thing is Russ Smith, aka Rusticulous. Mm. He of a sixty-one points scoring average in the Chinese league. He uh, has been tweeting some perfect scouting reports, but no one. Paid attention to him. He tweeted out uh, years ago, Terry Rozier is the real deal, will be the best part of this class, telling um that when when Russ was a senior at Louisville, that the freshman Terry Rozier was incredible. And he's like, this guy will be, uh, you know, a fantastic NBA player. And then he says, the next guy you got to keep your eye on, Donovan Mitchell, Ooh. telling you guys. So maybe if things don't work out with the 61 points per game scoring of uh, Russ Smith, <laughs> he can uh, become a scout, as he suggests, uh, might be the... Wouldn't uh, you want to do that, though? If you're an NBA player wouldn't you, or like a good caliber player and you could just sit on the bench in, in the NBA or uh, go to China and score 61 a game, would you do that? It's a good question. It's like No, playing. no, I would definitely sit on the bench in the NBA. Yeah, I know. It's a like life. minimum salary is like... But just you just do it for... like a million. Yeah, but you just do it for a year. It's like, hey, I made a bunch of money. I'm just going to go over to China and just destroy people at 36 to get my ego boost I need during my midlife. Yeah, so he he tweeted in, in 2015, Terry going to be one of the best in that class. And then he said, uh, now collect and save this tweet. Donovan Mitchell is up next. That was uh, several years ago. This is, this is truth. Nailed it. All right, opposite of steak and eggs, cream of wheat, worst of week. What's the worst thing you saw? You know, Mello. Oh, Mello. He's he's gone to shambles. His divorce ruined him. He's just uh, he's spinning, living in a flyover state. Man, can't get good dim sum. <laughs> he's been had a locks at the at the deli. They don't have it. Can't get a chopped cheese. You think that club life is, is living up to his uh the his uh, standards? The single club at the, the probably W Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> they probably have just like one W hotel. Frackers. Yeah, that's what it's called. <laughs> it's got uh, the hottest girls in a Oklahoma lot of Wranglers City. in here. Yeah, a lot of a lot of Durango boots. But yeah, he he's just not he doesn't want to come off the bench. Come on, fam. He he's not, he wasn't reading the room very well. You can't do uh, that. with his post his uh his exit interviews. 
He's he's worth forty. What is he making? Four hundred million dollars next year. Uh, he has an opt in for two hundred and eighty million. Oh, he is not going to opt out of anything. <laughs> uh, you got to technically. I don't think you want if you're a Thunder. If you're a Thunder fan, I don't think you want him to opt out. I think you'd rather have his twenty eight million dollar expiring. Right. Would you? And this is a, this is a question I don't know the answer to. Would you trade? Carmelo Anthony for an overpaid someone else who's locked up for longer. What do you think? Like as that? in an Andrew Wiggins. Oh, I was thinking Hassan Whiteside. Or a Hassan Whiteside. Well, you already have Stephen Adams who's yeah. making, is making a lot and is much better. He is much better. But, like, oh. I feel like if I was the Thunder, I would consider, again, this is if you view Andrew Wiggins with his salary to be a negative asset, which I, the Timberwolves probably don't. I think some Timberwolves fans do. Oh, shout out Timberwolves fans. Briefly, it looked like Jamal Crawford was probably not coming back because he opted out of his contract. So you wouldn't have to deal with having Derrick Rose and Jamal Crawford. But then like immediately after Chris Haynes reported Jamal Crawford was opting out, Chris Haynes reported Jimmy Butler like badly wants Jamal Crawford to return next year. And this is after Tom Thibodeau was praising Derrick Rose, saying he did a really good job. It seemed like yeah. the writing was on the wall that uh, Derrick Rose will be back. But anyway, like I don't know if there's other negative contracts like Hassan Whiteside, um, any of those things in Charlotte, they got a lot of long contracts that aren't looking super great right. with Batum and maybe Michael Kidd Gilchrist or a center. I mean, Dwight Howard wouldn't work again because, uh, they got a center, but, uh, the mellow experience, the mellow experiment or experience not working in Oklahoma city. I thought it was going to be great. He really fell off like a cliff. He needs a guru. He needs like somebody to help him get his head straight. A Zen master? Just like I think he needs a Zen master. He needs to hit a Buddhist retreat for three days. Just like eat rice and like stay off Twitter. I suggested, and uh, I think you liked it. I got some negative responses saying it wasn't realistic. Sorry, guys. Uh, I mean, why wouldn't you uh, maybe send Miami Heat? Send James Johnson and Dion Waiters when you get rid of to the Thunder. Yeah. That is unloading some large, large contracts right. for the Miami Heat's future. For and Mello. so it's for Mello. And then LeBron Boom. informs the Cavs he's leaving. Reunion. If you want, uh oh wait, no, I mixed that up. Let's send Tyler Johnson Ooh. with his ballooning 19 million, because Tyler Johnson would be a, a star. Star oh, in Oklahoma City. Oh my up. God! Can you imagine how many AR-15s he can move he, if he got a sponsorship? He would just move them out of his trunk. <laughs> uh, Chevy Tyler, so, so Tyler Johnson, Deion Waiters back to OKC. Yes, we need Deion Waiters back in OKC. Do I'm you feel? It. Do you feel like Tyler Johnson drives a Chevy Impala, like a late May, model? You know, maybe like two thousand six, tinted. I has, bet he does not have a nice car. It has the like. Uh, the light on the side, like an undercover detective. I think he might drive like an old Saturn. He just doesn't care. He's like, no, I got he this. looks like he's got like... I got a 2001 Saturn. He's got a really crappy car with two 15s in the back. I got a Plymouth Neon. 1400 watt amp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, and then LeBron tells the Cavs he is definitely leaving, but uh, Riley will send uh, James Johnson and Whiteside up for me and maybe one of, one of, my, one of my bad contract boys. And then you get them back together. You get the two, three, and fourth picks of that draft. Mm. Mello, LeBron, Dwayne Wade, all in Miami. Vintage. It wouldn't be great. It would suck. It'd be kind of good. You uh -huh. get LeBron for a couple more years? Yeah, LeBron's still great. 
And like you could feel you get w- one year, but you also, you're clearing a bunch of salary for the heat there. A bunch are. of salary getting cleared out. But then LeBron's all the salary. Come on. You, you get, you get Melo, Melo needs to get in that culture, get that body fat down. If you that's that spring it back in a step. That's I don't right. know. Okay. Anyway, my worst thing is Nikola Miritich getting a sponsorship from Gillette. Nikola. Come on, man. Harry's.com slash fast break. We targeted an ad right at you. We wrote you. We specifically said, Nicola, you might be going to a new team and want a new shave. Harry's.com slash fast break. They have the blades you need. Get this luxurious shave kit. German engineered steel blades. Incredible. It'll save, shave you so much money. Shave you so much money. Shave you so much money. Why isn't that their slogan? Why? Come on, Harry's. Anyway, targeting a harrys.com slash fast break ad at Nicola. He spurned us, went with Gillette. But hey, listener, you can still get a free Harry shave kit. Harry's.com slash fast break. Our code fast break. We'll get you that free shave kit, that free trial kit. I know a lot of you guys have to shave every day. Might as well make it a luxurious experience. Harry's.com slash fast break. Nicola, you broke my heart. All right. Parfaitoy. <laughs> no, let's uh, let's uh, bounce around real quickly, just because we haven't talked about LeBron James. Really, I know, I know, Chuck. It hurts your heart. It's not. It's okay. Did you think that the Cavs were going to beat the Raptors? Do you still think the Cavs are going to beat the Raptors? They're up one game to zero as we talk. I'm. I've got confirmation bias. Yeah. Where like yeah, they just beat them at home. Still home home court advantage. They made the whole thing happen. Uh the way you want it to happen when you're a, a seed without home court. So, yeah, <laughs> I think the, the, they have, they, they can do it, but I wasn't, I wasn't expecting this. Yeah. I mean, the Raptors, the way it happened, LeBron James did not play super well outside right. of like hitting the clutch jumper at the end. He missed a bunch of shots. He even in his own mind, or he, he admitted to some degree, I don't know how much we believe it, he said it was the worst game he played this year, yeah. which I, it wasn't one of his best playoff games. The Raptors missing all those shots down the stretch. That is the demoralizing fear of this team. I like, picked the Raptors again. I picked the Raptors to lose, but I had, I, I, I don't feel confident about it. I yeah. still feel like the Cavs stealing this game one maybe gives them a false sense of security. And right. maybe the, the Raptors have a chance to, to, to get back in it and, and, you know, to still win the series. The Raptors, again, as everyone says, and, and I agree, the better, more talented team. But, like, I, I was trying to predict, does it go the way of the bad LeBron years where he decides he can't beat this team? Like, when he's playing the Spurs in the finals, right. when he lost to the Magic, like, he's like, I can't beat these guys, and he kind of gives up? Or is it one of the situations where I remember seeing with Michael Jordan where it felt like, the Pacers can beat them. Like the right. Pacers can beat them. They have so many good players and they would even get up a game or they'd win a game or they'd tie the series. But then it was always like the never ending, you know, Jason Voorhees type character. You can't kill him. He's going to keep yeah. coming. I mean, so and like, this has been, this has been the way it's, it's happened. Even Miami, the Pacers would get, you know, with Paul George and Lance yeah. Stevenson would yeah. get, would get the heat to six, seven games. And the bulls had a very, had a chance to go way up on them. Right. LeBron had a game winner. So there's always been, you know, it's always not been as dominant as we think he's an, a lock to the finals, but along the way, yeah, he, he gets into some, some dog fights, you know, and it's because the t- either the team's not well, or he's not playing at, you know, he's had a couple off games where he, you know, wasn't at his best in Miami. But he, you know, when the time comes, you can count on forty-four and fifteen. 
I mean, that's all that that's all that matters, and and that's been consistent his you know entire entire run to the finals all these years. We got to give Ty Lue some credit for uh, keeping Tristan Thompson fresh mm. by not playing him yeah. for a really long time, and I then think- finally deciding you know Game Seven uh, against the Pacers, yeah, go go out there and be awesome, right? And then uh, also he then he didn't then we all thought he would start against the Raptors, did not start, and then uh, did not play, and then they just shoved him in. Yeah, I don't know if Ty Lue's doing a good job, but. LeBron's calling those shots. I don't know why. Again, we talked about last week. We talked about Tristan Thompson being so incredibly unpopular. Yeah. Like he'd be getting booed booed at home. home, But now he's popular again. It's all about what you do on the court. All you need is one game. What have you done for me lately? Yeah. What what, what do we think about the Sixers, who, again, got trucked in game one against the Celtics? I think that's that's a team that has an identity that, you know, can do a first round or a second round uh, game like that just bounce you and that's boston they're good but philly's just so much more talented so you're trusting the talent i, tr- I trust the talent i, I don't think, think six th- and five and and i don't think um the gap between brett brown and brad stevens is like a grand canyon i think those are two good coaches and i th- honestly right now i don't think it's hard to argue that brett brown has a better you know arsenal he's got more more sure. weapons so if that's the case, I just like it's going to go. It's going to be a dogfight, but I, you know, I think Philly's going to pull it out. And Brad Stevens and the Celtics have made it their key all season. Have been one of the best in the NBA, maybe the best. I can't remember at guarding the three point line. And we think a lot of the three point line being random as far as makes and misses, and a lot of the analytics. I believe back up that there's not a lot you can do. Mostly is like a commonly held belief. There's not a lot you can do against three point percentage. But the Celtics make that their priority. And they did it all regular season. And then in game one, the Sixers could not hit a shot. No. Uh, Aaron Baines hit two threes, which is like, right. and then Bellinelli like, couldn't hit anything. Reddit couldn't hit anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the Sixers overall were five for 26 on three. So uh, the Celtics, again, dominant performance. I don't think we're going to see Terry Rozier be that good again, but we've doubted him before. Yeah. I don't want to be Eric Bledsoe here and not give him most full Don't due. do it. I, s- I still think the Sixers are going to win, but th- this could be a this could be a, a doozy of a series as the very young Sixers learning how to do get the postseason success, and they had to deal with that. They had to deal with like a week of everyone telling them they were going to the NBA Finals. Right? Yeah, like they look so good. Right, and they believe the hype, and and they ran into a, a well oiled machine, a team, and a team that matches up kind of. You know, well. and I do. I do think. I do think there's a, a significant coaching advantage to Brad Stevens, and I think him looking at them. I don't know him trying to figure out what what the uh, Sixers can do, and being able to take that stuff away, and being like, "Oh, is Ben Simmons going to get some dunks every now and then, or some advantages in the post?" Yeah, that's fine. I'm not worried about it. We just can't let him get going from three point. All right, now that brings us to the awards segment of the program. The International Stackhouse of Pancakes Award, given each week to the worst performance in a box score. And also, we forgot this when Chuck was here, so I am adding this in now after the fact. Things were not working out for us. John having to drive out of town. I having to go pick up my sick son. Chuck had to go cook pork. Uh, We forgot the Stackhouse of Pancakes, so adding that in now. Things not working out for us. Much like things do not work out for the people on this list. We have three nominees as they occurred chronologically through the week. I will unilaterally be declaring a winner. I think it is obvious. 
Paul George playoff PU in game six against the Jazz. Paul George, two for 16, five points, three rebounds, eight assists, six turnovers, and he did get fouled by Rudy Gobert, but they didn't call it. But alas, that did not go in the box score. Paul George, two for 16. That's how his Thunder career ends, if you ask me. Also, Clay Thompson, who was, wait for it, four for 20 against the Pelicans in game two. Four for 20, 10 points, six boards, three assists, two turnovers, three personal fouls. It is either a good or bad thing. Chuck is not here to get very excited to vote for him. And finally, Kevin Love, who still has trouble making any shots. Three for 13, seven points, 13 boards, two assists, two turnovers, five personal fouls. So Paul George, two for 16, Clay Thompson, four for 20, Kevin Love, three for 13. The winner is, in fact, Paul George. Sorry, Chuck, not even a four for 20 can beat you, playoff P. Congratulations. You are this week's International Stackhouse of Pancakes Award winner. And seeing Paul George going for two for 16 led me down the basketball reference rabbit hole of which other people have had a two for 16 or worse playoff game. And it's a, it's a pretty fun list. James Harden did it this year in a victory. And it led me to Reggie Miller, who in game one of the finals against the Lakers, I guess in 2000, he was one for 16. I don't remember that at all. seems like I should, but not great, Reggie. Not great. All right, parfait away, Chuck. What are you looking forward to in the coming week? Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to finding um, out more about Dennis Rodman's involvement in the North Korean the peace on the on the Korean Peninsula. I'm sorry, what? What? <laughs> My brain stopped working. <laughs> is Dennis Rodman back in, involved with uh, getting? So the, uh... apparently, Dennis Rodman is claiming. Uh, so if if you haven't been paying attention to uh, the nuclear clock. Uh, North Korea has decided to uh, start peace talks with South Korea. And it's uh, with a historic meeting with the president of uh, South Korea, meeting with Kim Jong-un, who is a good friend of one Dennis Rodman. Uh, apparently, Dennis Rodman handed Kim Jong-un a copy of The Art of the Deal in 2017. <laughs> and Rodman uh, is claiming that it gave uh, Kim Jong-un the insight into how to deal with... Uh, with Donald Trump, which I would assume the only thing you can learn is that he's a sociopath and he will murder you for whatever he needs to murder you for. Donald Trump has no idea what is in the book, The Art of the Deal. I don't think so either. That's, although maybe, I assume he's taken speaking engagements on it, mm -hmm. but he did not write it. No. I mean, it was written, it was ghostwritten for him. Oh, yeah. No, I think that it wasn't even ghostwritten. It was like, oh, it's, just, it's, it's actually written by someone else? Yeah, it has like a co-writer or, you know, as told to or something like that. But no, he's a, he's a, he's, if you've read that book, there's a thing on Netflix with Johnny Depp playing out the art of the deal in like a very comedic way as Donald Trump. Johnny Depp was Donald Trump. It's incredible. I think Netflix has learned not to show that to me. No. Yeah, probably. I <laughs> it was, I saw it before the election. It was hilarious. If I watched it now, I'd probably cry. <laughs> Sorry. This, this concludes a, a liberal white dude minute. <laughs> um, brought to you by Sp sponsor, sponsored by egg whites egg whites <laughs> <laughs> um my part fadeaway is nba draft lottery party in nashville a memphis grizzlies or whatever your favorite team is nba draft lottery party sponsored 
by the Memphis Grizzlies mm-hmm. will be at the mainstay on Tuesday, May 15th at 6 p.m. We will be giving away Grizzlies prizes. We have some signed items of Grizzlies players to give away. Again, whatever your NBA team is, come to the lottery party. We will have drink specials, uh, maybe some extreme drink specials over at the mainstay. Again, Tuesday, May 15th, me, Chuck, John, we're going to be there hanging out, watching playoffs, watching uh, the draft lottery. It'll be sad if the Grizzlies uh, drop to five, but, you know, we'll deal. We will, we will cross that bridge when we get there. Hey, there's worse things that can happen. It could be you guys get the number one pick and flail and miss miserably. I guess that's worse. Eh. That's worse. I guess. I'd rather get the fifth and just kind of be okay. Just have, like, a good guy. This is like you paying for insurance. You've, you've insured yourself you're going to lose. This is true. I would rather go without insurance and risk, uh, you know, like, oh, I might have to... I might have to replace this sound bar in two years <laughs> as opposed to guaranteeing I lose by giving you $40 uh, in case it does, in fact, break. This is true. So, yeah, I will I will take good things. I will take the first pick and deal with the consequences if it, if it so happens. But anyway, if you're an NBA fan, you live near Nashville, please come out to the mainstay on May 15th. We'll be giving away some stuff. We'll have drink specials and a very good time. Well, that wraps us up for this episode. Uh, John Save Travels. Apparently my son is sick. I now have to go pick him up from school. So good times all around. Uh, support us at patreon.com slash fast break breakfast. Get a Harry's shave kit. Be nicer to us than Nikola Mirtich was. Harry's.com slash fast break. You can follow me on Twitter at fast break break. Like us on Facebook. All right, you guys are the best. Thanks for listening. And remember, breakfast is the most important thing. Yeah, never apologize for being G&G. Fair break, break, man. You understand?